And if you got your Bible, let's go to Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. You're going to know this verse by the end of this series. Off by heart. It's going to be in you. Verse 19, it says, To know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be, let's say this together, that you may be filled with Oh, come on, that's pathetic right there. Come on, can we say this together? Come on, 1045, I know you're awake. Okay, that you may be filled. Fullness. Verse 20, it says, Now to him who is able to do, let's add, exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works, where it works in us. To Him be the glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. And somebody said, Amen. Amen. Well, the question we're asking is, what are you full of? Uh, Some people are full of it. Uh, But the question is, are you full of God? Because if you're full of God, you're full of the good stuff. And we've got to create space and room for God to move in our life. Well, the subject of my message today is you are invited. Some of you are saying, what to? We're going to find that out in a moment or two. If you've got your Bible, let's go to Luke chapter 14. But just let your neighbor know they're invited. So you're invited, you're invited. invited. Luke chapter 14, verse 15, it says, Hearing this, a man sitting at the table with Jesus exclaimed, What a blessing it will be to attend a banquet... Amen. In the kingdom of God, Jesus replied with the story. He said, a man prepared a great feast, sent out many invitations. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servant to tell the guests, come, the banquet is ready. But they all began making excuses. One said, I've bought a field and must inspect it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five pairs of oxen and I want to try them out. Please excuse me. Another said, I just got married, so I can't come. Then the servant returned and told his master what they had said. His master was furious and said, go quickly into the streets and the alleys of the town and invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. After the servant had done this, he reported, there's still room for more. So his master said, go out into the country lanes and behind the hedges and urge anyone you find to come so that the house will be, so the house will be full. We want to see a full house this year, full, full of God. For none of those first invited will get even the smallest taste of my banquet. Well, questions people often ask before accepting an invitation, you know, they they want to know a few details. Number one is, where am I going? Uh, Whose house are we going to? Where's the location? You know, that's got to be top of the list. If I'm going to come anywhere, I want to know where we're going. What's the destination? Am I going to a 50th? Am I going to a 21st? Am I going to a wedding? Am I going to a birthday party? You know, what's happening there? Uh, when people get together for a meal, you know, they want to know where they're going. Where, where is it? Is, is it going to be good? Uh, today, you know, many people are invited to mansions. The bachelor, oh, I can't even get it out. The bachelor and, and bachelorette are at mansions. They're at places there. Aren't you glad that God has a mansion for you and I? I remember growing up in Wanganui, I used to go to my friend's house, not his house, but his grandparents' house, because it was a mansion. And uh, in this mansion, it had a whole lot of stuff. It had a pool, it had a, a pool table, it had a tennis court, and it had soda stream, uh, which was a new thing back then. 
And uh, we love SodaStream. Coke wasn't as cheap as it is today. And to get a fizzy drink was a special treat. And so we, we had SodaStream, we played table tennis, and, and we had good times. But after a while, you know, my friend wasn't that friendly. Uh, I beat him at table tennis, and he turned a little bit na- nasty on me. And uh, it wasn't uh, that fun going over anymore. Yeah, he had all the stuff. He had a lot of stuff there, but he was there. And, and he wasn't nice. And, 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 and so, you know, I was like, oh, do, I, do I really want to go? And, and when it comes to an invitation, it's not just what's at the house, it's who's at the house. Yeah. How, how many know when you watch a movie, it's who you're watching with sometimes makes the difference? Uh, my kids love watching movies with my, my father there because he laughs at everything. And sometimes they just laugh at him laughing. You know, he's got that precious pup type laugh and he just laughs un- uncontrollably. And when it comes to church, you know, uh, uh, church takes a different meaning when you do it with the right people. When you do it with people f- who are full of faith, not religion. And, and it's not just who, uh, what's at the house, but, but who's there. And, and when it comes to God's house, God invites us. And guess what? God's there. Uh, we don't want to be part of a kingdom with no king. Uh, We want His presence more than anything else. That's why you can go to a church building and God's presence not be there. But if the people of God are there, God's present there. Uh, Some invites have strings attached. Uh, They're inviting you just because they feel like you can do something for them. Some people invite you because they want to control you. And the moment you stop playing their game, it's amazing how their invites change. Or some people invite because they want to get invited back. But, but there's a difference with God's house. When, when God invites us into His presence, uh, He doesn't need us to come, but he, he wants us to come because He knows He has a lot on offer. He, he invites us in, and, and there's no obligation. There's no hidden agenda. There's nothing lacking in Him that needs us. But out of His love for us, He invites us into this amazing relationship. What a privilege and honor it is to be in the house of God this morning. In fact, David said, I'd rather dwell in the the house of God than in the tents of the wicked. Man, what, what a place to be. The fact that we get together and we can worship God and God's presence is here and God wants to meet with people. God wants to encounter your life. God wants to bring answers to your life. Man, what a great joy it is. Come on, somebody needs to give God a, a clap of praise. God's prepared a whole lot for us. Not just in eternity. We know Jesus said, He said, my Father's house in my Father's house, there's many mansions. Bigger than any other mansion you'll experience. There's many mansions. And if it were not so, I would have told you. And I prepare a place for you. That's you. Not just anyone. You. I prepare a place for you. And I go and prepare a place for you. I will come and I'll receive you to myself. For where I am, there you may be also. So God's desire is not just you coming to the mansion. God's desire is to meet you in the mansion that His presence would be there. And so the first question we ask, well, whose house is it? Well, this is God's house. This is not an ordinary house. You know, this is God's house. Second question people often ask, well, who, who else is invited? Who's invited? Now, in this parable, you've got to understand that, that there's those who, who are giving the invitation 
And there's those who are giving the invitation. There's the servants. And, and in the kingdom of God, you and I, once we've received the invitation, we now become servants who actually give the invitation. I want to say, if Equippers Church is your home church, you're no longer a stranger. You no, no longer need an invitation to come to church. Yeah, in fact, now you're a servant that actually gives invitations. You know, you can give out invitations at a lot of events. And, and you know, sometimes people show up and, and they show up and they weren't even invited. You know, it often happens at weddings. It's like, oh man, they, uh, they weren't even on the guest list, but they showed up. And then they brought somebody else along. And they go, oh, yeah, I just invited them. But you go, well, you didn't even have any authority to invite them. And then you get randoms and you go, how did they end up being here? You know, the etiquette is you don't show up uninvited. That's in weddings. And, you know, and if you don't invite somebody else, you make sure you've got authority to invite someone else. But when it comes to the kingdom of God, here's the thing. You and I are invited. Everyone's invited. Uh, there's no exclusion. Yeah, uh, We're all invited. And guess what? We all have th- authority to uh, invite. Yeah. It's like bull rush. You know, anybody play bull rush growing up? Bull rush is when you're on, what do they call it in England? They call it something else. Bulldog. They call it bulldog. It's dumb. It's like the English, man. But, you know, you're on one side of the field and there's somebody in the middle and you've got to get to the other side without being caught. And the whole deal is once you're caught, you become part of the team that catches. That's the thing, until everybody's caught. That's the goal, is that everybody get caught. The problem in church is, you know, once we get caught, we then stand on the sidelines. Uh, but the role of the church is that once we've been caught by the love and the goodness of God, then we go out and we catch other people. God, Jesus said, follow me and I'll make you a fisher of men. I'll make you. If you're not fishing for people, the question is, who are you following? Because if you're following Jesus, you have a concern and you have a heart to reach out to other people. Now, it's up to the individual what they do with the invitation. We, we all get an invitation. You know, somebody else can't RSVP for you. You've got to accept the invitation. Now, we've all got to follow Jesus for ourselves. Everybody follows Jesus for themselves, but you can't follow Jesus by yourself. He puts us in a community. And so when it comes to the invitation, my parents can't RSVP for me. My pastor can't. My flatmates can't. You know, you've got to RSVP for yourself. And what God does is He invites us. He comes to where we are. He meets us where we are. But then He says, come home. Come home. Come back home to, to where He is. See, so many people are wanting God to continually meet them where they are. God's already met you there. And He says, now it's you. It's for you to follow me back home. You've got to follow me back home. Because at my home, i got stuff. i got answers. I got, I got purpose. I got direction. Come on, that thing that you've been struggling with. You know, I, I've, got, I've got what you need right now if you just follow me back home. Uh, isn't it interesting that, that God permits us to decline His invitation? He doesn't drag us back home, you know, going, you know and we're struggling. No, He, he permits us. 
He permits us many times. I, I don't know. By the way, I don't understand why anybody would not accept his invitation. It's got to be the best invitation anybody can ever receive. Now, you think of all the invitations you've had. This tops it. This goes above and beyond it. An invitation by God. Yeah, by God to, to, to meet with Him, to have a banquet. You know, I've, but I've found, here's the thing with invitations from God. Invitations from God often come at inconvenient times. Ain't that true? You know, dates clash. Oh, I've got something gone. I planned something else. Oh, kids have got sport. Oh, double booked. Oh, I've got a lot to do around the house and I need to get it done. Or something else has come up. Or, you know, I've got a lot on at work. Now, I want you to notice in this parable, the invites were sent out for the banquet and, and the banquet was being prepared. It's being prepared. And there was a time where it was being prepared. And then he sent the servants out to tell the guests who had been invited, Come, the banquet is ready. Now, here's where the problem lies. Here's what a lot of dra- where a lot of drama happens in households. Now, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but this is where drama and fights break out. Fights break out when one person's ready and the other's not. Now, do I get an agreement with that right now? Yeah, where one person's and you're waiting on the other person. You know, come. It's like come. You know, dinner's ready. And somebody says, oh, just wait a minute. No, dinner's ready now. Now, uh, the way to tick off a, a cook is, is to come later. You know, the food gets, uh, no, no, it's now. Oh, no, I just need to do something. You know, my kids say that all the time. No, no, it's now. Come now. You know, God's saying right now, the banquet's ready now. There's a now. And some of us are going, not now, I just need to. And that's what happened in this parable. The banquet's ready now. And a few of them said, I can't. They made excuses. I just need to. I just need to. Now, now they've got to be pretty good excuses to turn down God. Yeah, you need a good excuse to miss work. Some of us need doctor's certificates to miss work. But, but you need a good excuse, a really good excuse to turn down God's invitation. How about we look at the three excuses that we find in this parable? And maybe they're relevant to some of us. Just maybe, maybe. I don't, I'm not sure, but just maybe they might be relevant to some of us. Okay, here's the first excuse. The first excuse is, I've just bought a field. I need to inspect it. I can't come. Now, there's a question there. The question is, is the field going to be around tomorrow? The answer is yes. Is it going to be around the next day? Is it going to be around next week, next year? Yes. Why do you need to expect it right now? You know, I, I, I've just bought a field and I need to inspect it. How many know if you buy something, normally you inspect it first? He's pretty stupid that he's bought something and hasn't even inspected it. So, so that's a dumb excuse. That's a dumb excuse there. Yeah, the next one is, okay, let's look at the next one. It's, I've just bought five pair of oxen and I need to try them out. Again, are the oxen going to be around tomorrow? Oh, maybe not. Maybe they're on their last legs. But I mean, no, if they're on their last legs, that's a dumb purchase. 
again, not a good purchase. Not go, I need to try them out. It's just like, that, that's crazy. That's stupid. Now, now that's second dumb excuse, uh, excuse. Third one. Now, this is the killer. This is the killer excuse right here. Yeah. Is I've just got married. So I can't come. Question we need to ask is, did your life just end? <laughs> Second question you need to ask is, is why aren't you bringing your spouse? Your spouse is invited too. Marriage is not a handicap to kingdom purpose. In fact, living in the purpose of God will strengthen your marriage. Uh, some people will say, well, well, we just got married. We need to take a year out from serving. Yeah, they see that in the Bible, but the context of that was, you know, the, the husband was about to go off to war for a year after that, for a long time after that. And so they needed to spend some time before he went away for a year. Here's the deal. If you're going to war, maybe that's a good excuse. But if you're not, it's a dumb excuse. Come on, start your marriage the way that you want to continue, serving God. And when it comes down to it, these excuses, all three of them are pretty lame. And, 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 and what we've got to realize is no excuse is better than a dumb excuse. No excuse is better than a dumb excuse. See, when it comes to following Jesus, there's no good excuse. In light of eternity, in light of what the Bible talks about, that, uh, talks about and how God, what God has on offer, there's no good excuse. Why wouldn't you want in on that? And how often do we make excuses that, that limit God's, the, the full life that God wants to bring us? Oh, oh well, I, I just bought a house. So? Good on you. Yeah, that's, that's good. You bought a house, but, but that house can't go with you into eternity. Yeah, don't invest into things where, 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 where rust and moths are going to destroy. Come on, invest into something that's eternity. Oh, well, I just got a new job. Well, you're going to retire from that job one day. Yeah, so, uh, you know, come on. What the house of God is about is about eternal purpose. Well, I just got married. Whoopee. You know, there's a point in time where we, we all get married, but, but, but we've got to understand that, that, that union is, is about kingdom purpose. Oh, I've got kids. Well, those kids aren't for you. Those kids have been entrusted to you by God so that you can bring them up in the ways of God so that they can reach their God-given potential and so that you can be effective in the kingdom of God. Now, now all these things, none of them are bad. In fact, they're all really good. God, God wants to give us possessions. God wants us to advance in our career. God wants us to, to, to build strong relationships. But when they become an object and when they become an excuse from attending God's banquet, you're missing out on a full life. Now, growing up you know, at school, uh, a lot of people used to make notes to get out of PE. You know, they used to forge notes and, uh, you know, come up with different excuses to get out. Anybody do that? It's like, you know, to me, you know, I've got a few honest people around. Um, my wife, by the way, it's Kathy's birthday today. Yay! Happy birthday. <laughs> oh, that was pretty lame, Josh. I thought, <laughs> no. I haven't got time to sing happy birthday. <laughs> 
later on. <laughs> okay. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to Growing up, you know, people come up with these excuses and they'll do it. Oh, I got away with it. I, I didn't have to, you know, do it. But PE was the best subject at school for me. And, and I couldn't understand why people wouldn't want to, to, to go there. I was kind of like, you're missing out. How, how often in the kingdom of God do we come up with a lame excuse and we think, man, I got away with that. I got away with not being part of an e-group. No, you're missing out, idiot. Oh, I got away with not going to church. No, no, something's leaking in your life. Your passion's leaking and you're not getting away with anything. You're actually missing out on the potential of what God wants to do in and through your life. But so often, oh, I got away, I got away. No, you didn't get away with anything. You're just missing out on the potential of what God wants to release through your life. See, the problem in this parable wasn't that they couldn't. The problem was they wouldn't. And many of us here, it's not that we can't, it's that we won't adjust our life to prioritize God. We won't adjust you know, our, our schedule to put God first. And, and we make excuses, and they all sound nice, they're good things, but they actually take us away from experiencing what God has for us. See, when it comes to the invitation for God, it's not just for salvation. It's not just about getting a ticket to heaven. It's an invitation to live and be involved in the internal purposes of God here and now. God's got a purpose for your life. And we're invited to His house. But, but then we actually become servants. And the greatest call in the kingdom of God is actually to be a servant. You want to reach your potential in life? I challenge to say, to reach your potential in life, you need to become a servant of God. Because that's when you discover what you're called to, what you put on the planet for. And when we don't invite people, it's like being the, the bridesmaid or the groomsman. They, they're the ones who normally distribute the, the invitations. It's like going, well, uh, you know, I didn't get around to it. Imagine not getting around to it, getting to the wedding, and, and the bride and the groom going, oh, where's such and such? I'll go, oh, I forgot. How many think you'll be in a little bit of trouble? You know, if you did that, oh, they're in my bag. And they didn't, no, no, the role of the bridesmaid is to give them to the people. You know, imagine if a, a bridesmaid go, well, I didn't really like that person, so I didn't, I didn't, I didn't you know, some of us, you know, even with different people, it's like, well, you know, I don't really get on with them. Well, no, God loves them. God loves the people you don't like. And our role is to invite and everyone's looking for Jesus right now. Everyone is just looking, they're looking in the wrong places. And our role as believers in Jesus is to extend the invitation. Extend the invitation. The, the third question people ask just quickly is, what's at the house? If you're going to invite somebody, you want to know what you're inviting them to? Uh, let, let's quickly go. Psalm 36. I love this passage of Scripture. Verse 7, it says, how precious is your loving kindness, O God. 
Therefore, the children of men put their trust under the shadow of, shadow of your wings. They are abundantly satisfied with the fullness of your house. God doesn't just satisfy you a little bit. They are abundantly satisfied with the fullness of your house. You give them drink from the river of your pleasures, for with you is the fountain of life. In your light, we see light. In your light, we see light. Can I encourage you? This year, develop a love for the house of God. I found that if you build God's house, He will build yours. In fact, in Haggai, the prophet comes along because everybody's focused on their own house, their own career, their own thing. And, and they're, they're looking after that, but they've neglected the house of God. And Haggai says, you've harvested a lot, but you've profited little. Yeah, you've harvested a lot, but, but it's doing nothing for you. In fact, you're like a person who has holes in their pockets. Everything you put in just goes right through. Some of us are on bigger incomes than we've ever been on. But it's like we're no f- further ahead. We've harvested more, but we're profiting little. When you build the house of God, when you prioritize the house of God, He builds your house. Come on, the house of God is the gateway to heaven. It's Bethel. It's it's there we encounter God. You know, it's Christ's body. That's the house of God. It's the body through which He speaks, He acts, and He fills everything with His presence. Come on, let's treasure the house of God. There's an invitation that goes out every week to gather together with God's people. Let's not neglect that. Because God's presence, yeah, He's with you when you're alone, but there's a greater measure, dimension of God's presence when the people of God gather together. This is not like any other group of people on the planet. Come on, how awesome is God in this place? Come on, God wants to do miracles today in your life. His presence is here. This is not a religious gathering. We're here because God's here and and God loves us and we give our love back to Him. God has so much on offer. He's not holding out. As I said in the first message of this series, God can and He wants to. He, he can do it and He wants to do it. He's not holding out on you. The invitation has been accepted, extended, should I say. What are you doing with that invitation? It's been extended. But in this parable, it got extinguished because of excuses. So what happened after it was extinguished? It got expanded. It was extended, it was extinguished, And then it was expanded. In other words, when people don't receive His invitation, what God does is just look past them and looks for others who are keen. In fact, Jesus went on and said, the first invited won't even get the smallest taste because they came up with excuses. In other words, if you don't accept the invitation, you're not just gonna bump into your destiny. God will just bypass you and use somebody else. And I want to say right now, I believe there's a harvest among those who are in church but not following Jesus. You followed the rules, but you've never followed Jesus. You're in church, but you're not in the kingdom. And, And for some of us, if we were to die today, we wouldn't even be certain that we'd go to heaven. The question I want to ask is, have you met Jesus? Some people say, well, I think I have. 
I don't know. How many know you know if you met Jesus? I've never walked up to a married person and had this conversation. Are you married? I don't know. <laughs> I think I am. Hang on. When did you get married? Ah, oh, we've always been married. Yeah, it's amazing. I've always been a Christian. No, you haven't. There was a point, there was a time where you met Jesus, where you made a decision. I'm going to follow a question. My question is, when did you meet Jesus? Not when were you Christian. Not when, when you t- started attending Sunday school. Not when you came to church. When did you meet Jesus? See, a lot of people don't extend invitations because they simply haven't met Jesus themselves. And you know what's, when you know what's at the house, you, you want to extend it to other play, people. It's like Curry Blake said. He said, if the gospel isn't touching others, it hasn't touched you. If the gospel isn't touching others, if you don't have a heart and a concern for others, it hasn't touched you. See, it's hard to talk about what you haven't experienced. Come on, we don't want to just have a belief in God. We want to experience God in this place. Number four, last one is, is the fourth question is, how full is it going to be? I mean, no, a place can, never can be too full when it comes to the kingdom of God. There's no such thing as a third wheel in the kingdom where you just add on, attack on, or fifth wheel. We might have to add a fifth service by the time, by the look of what's going on here. But, but church is always about a plus one. It's a plus one, but it's not just a plus one. It's a plus five. It's a plus 30. We've got a quippers one coming up. It's a plus 100. Invite everybody you know. Yeah, you know, it's a plus. It's, it's never meant to be. This is never meant to be us four and no more. I've got my tight little community and we'll just keep it as a small little community. Come on, e-groups are not just us for this tight group and no more. No, it's always about reaching out. This is never meant to be an exclusive group. Some people said, oh, well, I just like these people. But you'll never grow as people unless you extend, unless you reach out beyond yourself. See, the setting of this parable was Jesus was at the house of the leader of the Pharisees. And there was a whole lot of Pharisees around them. And for starters, what he does is he heals a man on the Sabbath. They're all freaking out. Then he challenges them because they're vying for positions of honor. See, don't go for the seat of honor unless the person comes to you and say, hey, get back there. Wait to be called up. It's a little bit like Jesus saying, if you exalt yourself, you'll be humbled. But if you humble yourself, you will be exalted. It's that same principle being outworked. See, the, the dinner was, was full of people who wanted position, who wanted to be noticed, who wanted to be seen. That, that, they were full of that, but they weren't full of mission. See, when you're not full of mission, It's so easy to become full of yourself. And Jesus had to challenge them with this parable, saying, hey, there's there's a whole lot of people outside here who you've got a role and a responsibility to invite. Don't, Don't be so full of yourself. When you're full of mission, the only way to protect yourself from being full of yourself is actually being full of mission, full of purpose. Seeing that God's heart is to, 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 to reach more. In fact, he, in Luke 14, verse 12, he says, He turned to the host. 
looks at the, the leader and says, you put on a luncheon or a banquet? And he said, see, when you do it, don't invite your friends, your brothers, your relatives, your rich neighbors, for they will invite you back. And that will be your reward. Instead, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. Then at the resurrection of the righteous, God will reward you for inviting those who could never repay you. So the whole foundation of the gospel message is doing stuff for others without any hope of return. See, in many places, people aren't fishing for men. Churches that embrace religion they are more keepers of the aquarium than fishers for people. Come on, we don't want to just look after the people who already received the invites. Come on, we want to become the servants of God and go into the highways and byways and say there's more to reach. You know, it scares me to think that people can say, I love Jesus, but the people around me can, can go to hell. I love Jesus, but my workmate, my family member who doesn't know Jesus, they just can go to hell. It scares me, you know, that people will worship God, but they don't see that evangelism is the overflow of worship. You can't worship clearly without having a heart for what God has. For saying, we've got to do more. Come on, His desires that His house may be filled. There's always room for more. And you and I are commissioned to, to compel people to come. If we jump down to verse 21, it says, The seven returned, told the master, he said, His master was furious. Go quickly into the streets, into the alleys of the town, invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, the lame. And after the servant had done this, he, he re reported, There's still more room. Can we say that all out loud right now? There is still more room. At Equipus Church, we're always going to be creating space. I don't care if we have to run eight services on a Sunday. Come on, we're creating space while there's people outside these doors who need to know Jesus. I reckon that, come on, needs a bigger clap right now because that's the heart of God. Our love for people grows so much stronger when our worship is clear and untainted. There's room for more. So the master said, go into the lanes and behind the hedges and urge anyone to come, anyone you find to come so that the house will be full. For none of those I first invited will, even, uh, will get even the smallest taste of my banquet. That, that word urge or other versions say compel. Religion repels. It repels people, but what we're called to do is compel. Come ch check it out. See, the, the gospel is go and tell, but it's also come and see. It's an invitation. We go out, give the invitation, but then it's, it's come and see the person who's changed my life. Come, come. Here's the answers you're looking for. Come. Come. You can search in many places, but you're not going to find what He has. Here's a love that's unconditional. He's the only one who can forgive you of your sin. He's the only one who can wipe the slate clean. Come on, He's the only one who can remove that stain. You can try hard. You can try and get others to do it, but He's the only one. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Come meet Him for yourself. Come check it out. It's up to you what you do. Come, 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 invite. 
See, the problem with people who don't know Jesus is not what they believe about marriage. It's not what they believe about politics. It's not their political stance. It's not their education. The problem with people who haven't met Jesus is they haven't met Jesus. That's the whole deal. They just haven't met Jesus. Because if they met Jesus, everything would change. If they met Jesus, they'd want to be where He is. Come on, some of you, you know, where there's a reluctance, you need a fresh encounter with Jesus. Jesus is the head of the church. This is His body. This is the gateway to heaven. Jesus has equipped His church. I pray we carry the heart of God. We're creating room right now in India. We're creating room all over the world. I pray we never stop creating room. While there's people outside of our doors who don't know Jesus, I pray we realize we're on mission and we reach out to those who don't know Him.